Welcome back. We're back. Hey. We're back again. We back. We we yeah. Um. Welcome back to finding new films. I am Hunter, fresh off a haircut and a beard trim. This is Preston, fresh off. What are you fresh off? I don't get a beard trim. Oh. Well, I mean anything in your life going on. I'm in school, bro. Fresh off Apparently. of fresh out of class. Fresh out of class. There Shit sucks. Is what it is. You keep rolling with the punches. We're gonna keep the theme from last episode. You roll with the punches. And we're gonna roll right on to Mall Hall and Drive. Uh which was the movie that I picked for this week. <laughs> <laughs> Let me explain. I said I wanted a mindfuck, and boy, did I get it. Yeah. Um, probably should have been a little more, you know, descriptive with what exactly you meant by mindfuck. <laughs> no. Nah, uh, Any mindfuck is good, man. I'm just messing. I That movie was pretty insane, though. Um, just, just truly unhinged. <laughs> I so he asked for a mindfuck movie because he loves movies that make him think and he loves Christopher Nolan. So always heard that about David Lynch and I looked up, you know, what are the biggest mindfuck movies that you've ever watched? And this was one of them that I saw and I saw Naomi Watts. I like Naomi Watts. She was really good in this movie. More like Naomi Hotz, am I right? <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh yeah. yeah. I'll give him that. Um yeah, I don't know. I like Naomi Watts. She's cool. And then I'd, I'd heard of Justin Theroux. I don't know that I've ever seen him uh, act in a movie, but... Which one was he? I don't know. Uh, the director. The director, okay. Yeah. Um, he looked it. like Johnny Knoxville to me. Yeah, I was reading where he showed up at the um, at the audition right after he had jumped off the plane, and he was in an all-black getup, and his hair was ruffled, and... They were like, that's the look we want? Yeah, David Lynch was like, I like it. I like that look. And then he was, that's when he cast Adam when they were doing their wardrobe. He was like, yeah, make him look like dark clothes and a mess of hair. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Um, and apparently Naomi Watts and, and Laura Herring were casted from their pictures. He saw pictures of both of them and were like, yeah, I like yep, them. That's it. But Naomi Watts had a similar experience getting casted where she got off the plane and then... Uh, he saw her in, in jeans and he was like you you know you, you're good but get a little dazzled up and come back mm. and then she ended up getting part obviously but mm. you know after some after some Hollywood bullshit yeah bullshit <laughs> she eventually was able to pull through but nevertheless uh, what did you think uh, you know, about, like, what were your perceptions going into this movie? Going into it, I kind of had no idea what to expect. I read the, uh, the synopsis online, you know, and it was just like, she gets in an accident, has amnesia, and finds this other girl who helps her learn about her past and try to figure out who she is. And so I was like, okay, obviously there's going to be some, you know, twist or something, right? Where they find out something. Was not expecting what actually happened. Yeah, it was. Yeah, if this movie explains itself and then completely unexplains itself uh, in a way that is unfounded, I don't even understand. Instantaneously. It. Um, just not, like I don't even know. 
I don't even, I can't even understand my grasp of this movie. So we're going to talk about it and try to figure it out. But I'm going to read through the credits right quick. I'm going to read through the plot and then we can talk about it. So <clears throat> the runtime of this movie was 146 minutes, about two hours, and 27 minutes. Um, writer David Lynch, director David Lynch. It was edited by Mary Sweeney. The score was done by Angelo Badalamenti. Uh, camera done by Peter Dimming, stars Naomi Watts, Justin Thoreau, Laura Elena Herring. Um, the cast is then filled out by Ann Miller, Dan Hadea, uh, Brent Briscoe, Mark Pellegrino, Robert Forster. So, the plot is as follows. A dark-haired woman is the sole survivor of a car crash on Mulholland Drive, a winding road high in the Hollywood Hills. Injured in days, she makes her way down into Los Angeles by foot and sneaks into an, an apartment. Later that morning, an aspiring actress named Betty Elms arrives at the apartment, who is normally occupied by her Aunt Ruth. Betty is startled to find the woman who has amnesia and calls herself Rita. After seeing a poster for the film Gilda, starring Rita Hayworth, to help the woman remember her identity, Betty looks in Rita's purse, where she finds a large amount of money and an unusual blue key. At a diner called Winkies, a man tells another man about a nightmare in which he dreamt of encountering a horrific figure behind the diner. When they investigate, the figure appears, causing the man who had the nightmare to collapse in fright. Elsewhere, director Adam Kesher has his film commandeered by mobsters, who insist he cast an unknown actress named Camilla Rhodes as the lead. Adam refuses and returns home to find his wife Lorraine cheating on him. When the mobsters withdraw his line of credit, Adam arranges to meet a mysterious cowboy who cryptically urges him to cast Camilla for his own good. Meanwhile, a bungling hetman attempts to steal a book full of phone numbers and leaves three people dead. While trying to learn more about Rita's accident, Betty and Rita go to Winkies and are served by a waitress named Diane, which causes Rita to remember the name Diane Selwyn. They find Diane Selwyn in the phone book and call her, but she does not answer. Betty goes to an audition where her performance is highly praised. A casting agent takes her to a soundstage where a film called Sil The Sylvia North Story, directed by Adam, is being cast. When Camilla Rhodes auditions with the song, I've Told Every Little Star, Adam capitulates to the mob by casting her. Uh, Betty locks eyes with Adam, but she flees before she can meet him, saying she is late to meet a friend. Betty and Rita go to Diane Selwyn's apartment, where the neighbor answers the door and tells them that she has switched apartments with Diane. They go to the neighbor's apartment and break in when uh, break in when no one answers. In the bedroom, they find woman of a uh, body of a woman who has been dead for several days. Terrified, they return to Betty's apartment, uh, where Rita disguises herself with a blonde wig. That night, she and Betty have sex. At 2 a.m., Rita awakens suddenly, uh, insisting they go right away to a theater called Club Silencio, where their MC explains in different languages that everything is an illusion. Rebecca Del Rio comes out on stage and begins singing Roy Orbison's song, Crying, in Spanish, then collapses unconscious, while her vocals continue in playback. Betty finds, in a, blue finds a blue box in her purse that matches Rita's key. Upon returning to the apartment, Rita retrieves the key and finds that Betty has disappeared. Rita unlocks the box, and it falls on the floor. Aunt Ruth enters the room to find no one. <laughs> uh, Diane Selwyn wakes up from her bed in the same apartment Betty and Rita investigated, where her neighbor informs her that two police officers have been looking for her. 
She looks exactly like Betty, but is struggling, but is a struggling actress driven in a deep depression by her failed affair with Camilla Rhodes, who is a successful actress and looks exactly like Rita. At Camilla's inv invitation, Diane attends a party at Adam's house on the Lawland Drive. At dinner, Diane states she came to Hollywood from Canada where, when her Aunt Ruth died and left her some money, and she met Camilla at an audition for the Sylvia North story. Another woman who looks like the previous Camilla Rhodes kisses Camilla, and they turn and smile at Diane. Adam and Camilla prepare to make their marriage announcement, but they dissolve into laughter and kiss while Diane watches, crying. Later, Diane meets a hitman. He meets the hitman at Winkies to hire him to kill Camilla. He tells her he will. She will find a blue key when the job is complete. The figure from the man's dream is revealed to have the matching blue box in her apartment. Diane looks at the blue key on her coffee table when someone unceasingly knocks on the door. Distraught, she is terrorized by hallucination and runs screaming to her bed, where she shoots herself. A woman at the theater whispers, Silencio. <laughs> that is Mulholland Drive. If you struggled following that, you're not the only one. <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh getting into the last paragraph because it's like, what did I just read? Yeah. Like, I was telling him before we started filming, it tells, it's almost like it tries to tell a coherent story for two hours and then stops and starts completely telling a different story. And as you try to pick all the names and go, okay, well, that's this person and this person and this person, it starts to become like, just... It, almost impossible. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. <laughs> How did you feel about this movie? Pretty much the same. It was, they tried to tell a cohesive story, and to be honest, I was struggling to follow the story that they were trying to tell um, at points. And then they kind of are just like, nah, fuck that. Like, <laughs> that's, none of that, none of that actually happened. So, yeah. here you go. <laughs> It's so interesting. When I was reading about this movie, apparently it started as an ABC series. It was going to be a TV show on ABC. And it was going to be a lot more open. It was going to be longer. It was going to be, uh, it was going to be more succinct. And it, it, it just didn't pan out. They wrote the pilot. They filmed it. And ABC hated it. And yeah. That's so crazy. One of the things that I wrote down was that it was, it's filmed like a TV show. Well, there you go. A lot of it, a lot of it was TV show, and when it was repurposed as a movie, they went back and did like reshoots. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it, yeah, this movie was originally a TV show. Wow. But um, that can really be the only thing I could say is that like describes why the movie is like it is. It just feels like scenes <laughs> from a TV show. It feels like it should be leading to something, and I don't know. It just, there's certain that, points. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's a lot of um, short yeah. scenes with yeah. hard cutaways Yeah, where they just overgo into something else. Yep. It's like, yeah, oh, different scenes. Yeah. Different hmm. time period. We just jumped forward in time three days. Yeah. yeah you need to know that. Um, mm. Yeah, I can, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> that explains some of the, some of it. Um, so I have like a thought. This is my this is my guess 
as to how I understand the movie. So, I believe that they are Camilla and Diane. They are Camilla and Diane, and that is their story. I believe that um, when you go into Diane's room, when Betty and Jurita go into Diane's room and they find her, she's had overdosed. Okay. Right? And you think that that's So, So Diane? I think what happened was, <laughs> and this is just my like takeaway and how I understand what I watched. So I think Diane went through with the hit on uh, Camilla. Camilla. So that happens. Camilla gets hit in the car and wanders off. And that's when that whole story starts. Then I believe that when you meet them both, that they are both ghosts. And Diane has overdosed on heroin. But they are both ghosts, and neither of them know why. But it doesn't explain why she doesn't know who she is. And that's the part that I get hung on. So... So that scene where the hitman goes and he kills all those people for the little black book, uh-huh. that's real. Because they're talking about him going through with the the hit on that girl with, okay. the, with the car. Okay. So that's tying that scene to that. The only thing that doesn't tie together is the monster in the alleyway. And, like, but I don't know. So that's, that's the only digestible way that I can understand it is like the, they actually do love each other mm-hmm. or it could just be a, like a heroin delusion that mm-hmm. she's having before. Okay. Or it could just be. I so the know. way that I interpreted it was um, they, so they are Camilla and Diane. I'm with you on that. Um, and from when she gets hit in the car, I, I think she died. So I think he actually shot her. Okay. And it's like her ghost. Not even her ghost. But basically everything after that is all delusion. So I think what happened was they, like everything that was after we found out that they are who they are happened with the director and everything. And they had an affair and then she chose the director basically. So Diane had a hit put out on her and everything leading up to that is uh, just her delusion of trying to save what's not there. Cope with the loss of her relationship and the guilt of... And that kind of explains like that sobbing masturbation scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can see that, too. That's why I like this movie. I, I, I like that about this movie where you can sit here and have a discussion and somebody can bring something up and it's like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, well, the fact that you just said that they're both ghosts, something that you said, I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Because I didn't even think about that being Diane yeah. in the bed, dead. Yeah, because they were in her house. They were in, because that's yeah. the person they were going for. 
So you think that, like, when Aunt Ruth came in the room and found no one in there? Yeah, she there dropped the no box and she heard something and she's like, oh, that's weird. There's nothing there. And then she looks out for Ruth and Ruth is gone. Yeah. But Ruth had, or not Ruth, uh, fuck. Um, Betty. Betty. She was, she was gone. Yeah. But, like, she had fallen in love. So maybe she crossed over like to like i get like a philosophical heaven or something maybe no but, I, but who even like that's my thing this is so open yeah so i think she was struggling with the loss of the relationship and then the guilt of putting the hit out on camilla and that's why she killed herself i'm gonna stick with that i think <laughs> but yeah. i don't i just so i don't I, i'm not i can't even sit here and be like no, no. <laughs> the, the dude you're talking about the homeless guy with the box yeah the monster at the end of the hall yeah I, that I'm like uh <laughs> that's the, the one part of the whole I think, movie I, I think like, the only oh, connection is that he had the box yeah and she saw him and was scared of him but connected him with the box yeah so pretty much the whole like end of the movie to me was like hey, this never happened, and we're going to show you all the little pieces of where she got all these things to make up this fantasy in her head. Because she saw, the when she was at the diner with the hitman, she saw the guy that was supposedly afraid of the homeless guy. He was checking out, and they like made eye contact, and she was like, okay. And then she went back there and saw the dude with the box. So I kind of think that she was just making this delusion as she was progressing through putting out the hit and all of that. Okay. I can see that. But she did seem strung out. So you may be right that it was heroin. Yeah. And I think it was a conscious decision in that first uh, that first time you see the like the girlfriend of the hitman. Or like that girl that's like mm-hmm. you know, he 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 I think it was a conscious decision to make her hair short and blonde. She mm. did kind of look like Betty. Mm-hmm. So she actually looked like the real Betty, the waitress. Oh yeah, like okay. Yeah. Diane, Diane I guess, the yeah. real Betty. The, yeah. Where Betty took her fucking name. <laughs> Cuz they just swap names. Yeah. I and know. and I thought that that was who was dead in bed. Mm. Was the waitress. It was Diane, I'm pretty sure. It could have been um, Diane the whole time. That could have been the same person. So they find Diane Solon in a phone book caller, but he goes on audition. Camilla Rhodes audition. Da, 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 da. Uh, in the room, they find a body of a woman who's been dead for several days. And I think they make a conscious decision to not show her face. So you kind of have to interpret of who well, that is. They did show her face, but... Why did she was fucked? Yeah, because she, she had been dead for a few days, fucked. so she was kind of decomposed, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they set it up really well with them yeah. being like, holy shit, it yeah. smells in here. But she was just kind of a blonde woman. Yeah. So, so it could be Benny. It could be the real Betty, could be the Diane. real Betty or the real <laughs> Diane or the fake Betty or the fake Diane. Yeah. Or the, yeah. <laughs> one of them. This movie. This movie. This movie's like it's almost frustrating, but at the same time, you're like, when has the movie made me think this much? So. Yeah. I don't know. No, this is this is what I asked for. So this is cool. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty, I'm gonna I'm gonna start getting into my thoughts here. Okay. Um, I, I'm gonna read like a few. I got 
gnarly ass crash. Uh, I, <laughs> I quote, never want to see that face outside my dreams. Cause that that shit was scary. He's really good at uh, he's really good at making like very vague things just feel super intense and scary. Uh-huh. I said, bro got shot, scared shitless. Um, and then those POV shots were like stupidly jarring. That made me like yeah. That gave me like vertigo. Yeah, it it was almost like the whole. For a large portion of the movie, I was waiting for like a jump scare. There was the one in the and especially beginning. after the yeah. after the homeless dude. Yeah, I, I I was expecting a lot more horror elements after that. Yeah. but I I'm very glad that stopped. Me too. Not the, that I hate horror that bad, but well, I'm not a big horror fan. Oh, yeah. But then like the the POV shots, I was just waiting. Yeah, like turn the corner, dead body or fucking ghost or something. I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, that was crazy. I uh, those shots were so well done too. Just in especially the early ones where uh, Rita is getting um, has like an obvious head injury and mm-hmm. it goes to her and her vision's blurry and mm-hmm. she played out having a head head trauma like very well. Oh, she yeah. acted it very as well. someone who has had a concussion yeah. for sure. She was making she made me believe it. Uh huh. Um, why did they let her sleep? Why did she go to let her go to bed on a concussion? She was like, I think you're concussed. And she's like, no, I just need to go, no, to, bed. Need to, go to bed. Yeah, I'll remember more. She's like, you're not supposed to sleep when you have a concussion. And she's like, I'll be fine. And she just lets her go. <laughs> I Bro, know. I think she was just kind of like, this is a stranger in my home. Yeah. You know what? If she dies, it's whatever. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, by the way, I was talking to my aunt, and you're not supposed to be here. Yeah. I love that, like, nonchalantness of being like, so I know you're not supposed to be here. Yeah, you're <laughs> but, not a stranger. What's up? <laughs> go ahead and take a, go ahead and take a lay on the bed. Get yourself comfortable. It'll be all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I was like, all right. I was just going to. I also just love how casually she was talking to her aunt. Oh, yeah, your friend Rita. Like, she's yeah. nice. Wait, what? Uh, uh. it's it's like when spongebob thought he got promoted to manager in the spongebob movie mr krabs walks up to him he's like uh i I, i'm making complete what of myself and it's like this is echoing over the the Uh pa Uh um yeah uh the director's meeting um the tension in that scene was really good bro what the <laughs> See, this is why I'm like, this whole movie was just like, I don't understand what was happening. Like, I understood, but why? What was the... Yeah. The dude's just... <laughs> the whole time! I'm like, what are you doing? And the other guy is, like, saying few words, and the, other, the dude's just... Yeah. I love them keep repeating, she is the one. Yeah. Like that that was so creepy. Yeah. I I love the um the way they portray like music or uh you know, executive producers in Hollywood, especially ones that are, you know, tied to the mob and stuff. Uh-huh. Um that was really cool to see. And him not avoid it and take it head on. Oh yeah. Um I did think it was a pretty extreme metaphor. <laughs> Very on the nose. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, probably could have dialed that back just a little bit. The way that he spits out the espresso <laughs> killed me. Because it wasn't like, I do. this sucks. He was just like... Yeah, he just let, just it, let all it all out. drip out. And then yeah. sets it on the table. It was so gross. He um, gave it the whole time for the dude to be like, I'm so sorry. They said this was the best espresso. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, then he's just sitting there. The whole time. It's like he, like, bit his mouth and you had, like, blood coming out of his mouth. <laughs> That's how he was reacting to Yeah. It. It's like, oh my god, this yeah. is vile. <laughs> um, I love the Emperor Palpatine figure. He walks into the production box. He's like, boss, what do I do? And, he, and the guy's just sitting there like, cut the production. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Who is that? It's Emperor Palpatine. No, no. Who's the... Who's... Because... So, the end of the movie, yeah. when we find out everything, yeah. they say his name. Uh-huh. But I don't... Uh, I am <laughs> <laughs> like, is he... Is the name associated with someone else? What's yeah. the... I don't understand. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 uh, I choose to not understand this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've given up on that, I think. I I I think this is just a scene of absurd scenes of just shit that happens around Hollywood and that's what I choose to understand. I guess, man. But I I, I don't know. Maybe that's all it was. It was a satirical showcase of Mulholland Drive. Yeah, or just Hollywood in general. Yeah. Would not be surprised. <laughs> when that guy was in the that okay we have to talk about that was the worst fucking assassination I've ever <laughs> fucking seen who who the fuck this is a hitman this is a hitman this guy gets paid for this my god so first one goes fine right just pops somebody he's wiping the fucking fingerprints <laughs> off and is putting the the gun into the guy's hand and to frame himself. Mind you, <laughs> the gun has a silencer on it. Like, he's going to shoot himself in the head with a silenced gun. So he shoots the guy, put his, is putting a silenced pistol in his in the guy's hand to pose them as, like, having, mur- having committed suicide. As he's doing it, accidentally, when he's putting the his victim's finger in the trigger shoots through the wall and hits somebody. He goes in the room next to him and this woman has the funniest fucking line in the whole movie. <laughs> Something just bit me real bad. <laughs> Bro, he killed me. He shot her and you just hear from the other room, ow! <laughs> and he goes, oh man. <laughs> I'm just like, not, you didn't know you got shot? <laughs> ow! Uh, that's what I have written in my notes. Him going, oh man. <laughs> like, uh, you know, you would think I could come to work today and have an easy job. And then something just has to happen. So he goes and grabs her as he's dragging her back into the room. He sees the janitor. He goes, hey man, she's hurting real bad. You gotta come help me. The janitor just looks at him. 
And Janitor gave like the this motherfucker's a lion look. <laughs> but Janitor gave the bro. I'm just the janitor. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like I, I mean, I, I mean, I'll come out to call the cops. Yeah, I, I don't care, so. bro. Let it go. Like so, <laughs> Janitor meanders into the room and just gets shot immediately. Nothing, and then he, he left nothing. the vacuum on. Yeah, and then he shoots the vacuum, and then the vacuum explodes, and then causes a, a fire alarm. So I guess now the story is supposed to be that this dude killed the lady next door, killed the janitor, yeah. shot his vacuum, <laughs> shot himself. <laughs> that was what I was thinking when that when that happened, and I'm like, really? I love yeah, because he still plants the gun in his hand. <laughs> After he's already had like the whole cloth in his in his whole hand, like he's rubbed his hand all over that cloth oh, yeah. at that point, and he's just like rubbing it back on the gun. <laughs> and then he just leaves <laughs> the door open, the fire alarm's going, he's just like, oh, like all right, I'm it's out. a perfect comedy scene in the wrong movie. That <laughs> was like that, that scene was fucking great. If that scene was in the movie, uh, like, um, like other guys, mm-hmm. or like. I don't know, not, not other guys. Oh, just a complete like, parody of an yeah. assassination? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I'm wondering if it was put in there as comedic relief, bro. Because like, that shit killed me. Man. It was so funny. Ow! Ow! <laughs> Something bit me really bad. <laughs> she doesn't say anything about the stranger barging into her apartment. Knocking... Something just bit me real bad. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I loved it. I have a note in here that just says she has racks. <laughs> like when she, yeah. We're we're back. Uh, I did not realize that our timer went off, and and uh, didn't I didn't set up the break. But we're back from the break because we took one still, and uh, yeah, we were leaving. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> the last thing we were talking about was that she had racks, I think. Yeah. Like money. Like racks of money. Big bands. Yeah. <clears throat> um, huge fucking bands. They were hundreds, like, bro. Those were some big bands. Fat stacks. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, my next note says, ah, there it is! From Family Guy. Um, they, said, mm. they said the title of the movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. They did that. They said they, it. They did it like ten times. Yeah, quite a lot actually. And that's why I have become Superman Four: The Quest for Hope. <laughs> we need to go to Mulholland Drive. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Let's let's go. I guess. I guess we'll go to Mulholland Drive. Sure. I don't know why this guy's so passionate. Yeah. Fucking Billy Ray. Billy Ray Cyrus is this movie. Bro. So I watched it first, and I so badly wanted to text you and be like, Billy Ray cameo? Bruh. What the fuck? And this was looking sexy as hell. I would have fucked Billy Ray Cyrus if he was in my bed like that. Yeah, nah, so like, we got like, Lil Nas X Billy Ray. Hell no. That's like 60-year-old Billy Ray. This was horny Billy Ray. Oh my word. I mean... Bro has been, was working out before the shoot. Big fucking mullet. Nice tattoos. Nice, out the wazoo. beautiful mullet. His tattoos look fresh. His that chest hair was popping. 
uh, facial features were still rigid and not like not rigid. They were like still smoothed out. Bro, this is pre Hannah Montana. Yeah, Billy Ray. Yeah, this is probably what Whoa. started him thinking like, oh, I can, I can, do, I can do acting. Yeah, yeah, I can act. David Lynch is the reason that the Hannah Montana show exists. I'm sticking with it. Thanks, David. <laughs> hey. Sent me through many of my formative years. Appreciate it. Yeah. And the fact that Billy Ray was the one that fucked his wife. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. He was pretty. He's a badass. The pool too. guy. Yeah, he's the Fucking pool guy, and I'm she was dead. like, and she was willing to go for him over, even when the husband oh, yeah. came home. She's like, well, no, I'm with Gene Clean now. Yeah. Fuck you, bro. Gene the cleaner. I want the pool guy. And I'm taking the house, bitch. I, I also loved Gene Cleaner because it didn't... Like, the, the van said Gene Cleaner. Like, J-E... Or, sorry, G-E-N-E. So, like... He's cleaning out his jeans. Yeah, like, he... Yeah, I thought that was great. He's, uh... Eradicating the... That's... I guess. <laughs> Sounds on brand for Billy right now. Because uh, if you have a southern Wait. accent, you're a racist. Wait. What? Okay, the director, was he supposed to be Jewish? <laughs> Am I? I mean, his name, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, his retrib- his retribution to his wife was very strange to me. Just go Putting and put paint, paint all over jewelry? her diamonds. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was just like gonna take the jewelry. Yeah. But no, he just covers it on pink paint. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> I don't know. And then there being no dialogue, it was like really yeah. just made it. You kind of have to just understand it for what it is. Which yeah, I don't understand. She's just like, how fucking dare you? And he's he leaves. Like, and he's like, how dare you? Like, what do you mean? He just gets in his Porsche and drives away. Yeah. Also, why is the Porsche convertible, like, the douchebag car in movies? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't have to say it, but... Yeah. No, I mean, uh, the area we live in, Raleigh, is getting, like stupidly rich now and that's they're pretty asshole-ish I would agree with it okay it's 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 pretty wild yeah especially the ones in the 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 Cayenne the oh SUV. truck yeah 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 <sighs> don't even get me started man white Those women in a Porsche Cayenne crazy. you yeah. better you better get out of the way it's like a BMW driver behind bro you. especially if they're trying to get to the Starbucks drive through bro it's like a BMW 7 series they're not stopping ass. for it's anybody like, they're right fucking behind oh, you. Yeah. And then they drive past you all fast, and it's like, you would be in shambles if you crashed that shit. Mm-hmm. Probably not, actually. I also love the fact that, like, a lot of them, it's, like, not even a new Cayenne. It's, like, a 2006 Cayenne. Like, bro. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Like, you're just... Per- what? Whatever. Um, <laughs> that oracle that showed up at that house was creepy. That like, woman that was just, like, seemed lost. She was like, something bad is in here. Yeah. But that, I feel like that almost reinforces, that reinforces and then depletes the idea that they're both ghosts. But it, it doesn't explain because 
the like the front desk receptionist was still talking, and then the fact that she's in later on in the movie. And she's yeah, the front mom. desk receptionist is the and she's his mom. Yeah, so that's why I'm like, I think this was just a damn mental breakdown, and she was using whatever she knew to fill yeah. the story. It's almost like the the lead character has like schizophrenia or something. Yeah, and she's like having an episode. I I literally I wrote down mental breakdown. That's what it seemed like to me. Was she? Was just trying to cope with all the shit. And so, I wanted to read this. I should have brought this earlier. This is contained within the original DVD release is a card titled, quote, David Lynch's 10 Clues to Unlocking This Thriller, unquote. The clues are, one, pay attention in the beginning of the film. At least two clues are revealed before the credits. Two, notice appearances of the red lampshade. Three, can you hear the title of the film that Adam Kasher is auditioning actresses for? Is it mentioned again? Four, an accident is a terrible event. Notice the location of the accident. Five, who gives a key and why? Six, notice the robe, the ashtray, the coffee cup. Seven, what is felt, realized, and gathered at the club Silencio? Eight, did talent alone help Camilla? Nine, Note the occurrences surrounding the man behind Winkies. 10. Where is Aunt Ruth? Okay, hold on. <laughs> hold on. I'm going to work backwards. Aunt Ruth is dead. Okay. If nope. we're sticking with they are Camilla and Diane. Okay. Right? Because Diane is at the dinner party and she yeah. goes, yeah, my Aunt Ruth left me a lot of money, blah, 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 blah. blah. So Aunt Ruth is dead. What was number nine? Note the occurrences surrounding the man behind Winkies. So, uh, the beginning of the movie. Yeah, the diner scene, the first one. The very end of the movie. Isn't that it? Does he pop up in anywhere in the middle? Not that I can remember. Okay, know. what's number eight? Did talent alone help Camilla? No. No, the she fucked the director. Well, the mom. She's in with the mob. Or the mob? Yeah, because the mob was like... Oh. Well, I guess it depends on who you think Camilla is. Camilla is Rita, so yeah. The mob. The mob wants her in, so she's in. So I think that scene was one of the things that actually happened. Basically, everything that doesn't involve Betty and Rita actually happened. Okay. I think. Hmm. So, but the so the picture that they show that's Camilla. The face has changed, but I think that's just part of the delusion. I think Camilla is Rita. Okay, interesting. Seven. Uh, what is felt and realized and gathered at Club Silencio? They gather the blue box. Okay, um, they do find the blue box. That's true. Felt and realized. That's way too interpretive. I think when Shorty was singing, actually before that, the dude, this is all an illusion. Yes. Over and over, this is all an illusion. Yes. I think that was explaining. Like, this is all. Yeah. It's all fantasy, right? Yeah. I think more past them being ghosts, but more that she's just making it all up. 
So what what is felt? I think when the I, girl I feel like she's feeling the realization that like it's all kind of a ruse. I feel like she's starting to figure out. Yeah, yeah. And then when the girl fell unconscious, she was like, "Shit!" Like, I really killed Camilla. Yeah. I agree. Six. Notice the robe, the ashtray, the coffee cup. Well, the robe comes off. The ashtray. What is they? What do they even mean? The robe when what's her face comes and picks up the stuff. Perhaps. So I think that's this the part that it's talking about. So the robe she puts on when she gets up and kind of lets it all like hang out, you know, not really. Uh, the ashtray is what she came to grab, right? Right. It was like, that's my ashtray. What coffee cup? I don't know. Cool. Okay. But then we see the blue key. Yeah. Saying that it's, who, it was done. Who gives Also, key who is this girl? That was the girl that was just down the... The next door neighbor. Yeah. Because okay. she, they, I guess they switched apartments. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then it says, who gives the key and why? That's number five. It's the hitman, right? Because oh, he yeah. finished the hit. But it wasn't the it's triangle key. It was a real key. Yeah. It's a real blue key. He said, you'll find this when I'm done. So I think that was... So yeah. that was more of my proof that it was and grounded why. in reality. But who gives the key and why? I think the why is because he finished the hit. So it's to show us that Camilla is dead. To, to ground that side in reality. Okay. An accident is a terrible event. Notice the location of the accident. Small Holland Drive. At least that's what we're told. Well, but I think they call and say that there's a crash on Mulholland Drive. Well, so they call, and that's what the cops tell them, because she had one. Mm -hmm. And I think that was her, like, verifying that she had died. Hmm. But uh, the what I'm noticing about the location is apparently that's right under the director's house. Oh. Was going to see him. Huh. But remember, she goes, Why are we stopping? We don't stop here. Yeah. See, but now I'm confused because she, because Diane repeated that in the, what I'm saying are factual events. Well, maybe, well, because we're still in Diane's. Mm -hmm. Oh. So in the delusion, yeah. the delusion, maybe, Camilla yeah. says, why are we stopping here? We don't stop here. Oh, and then that's, she just applies that because, like, that's how she understands. So I think that's because that's what she said. She yeah. was like, why are we stopping here? Yeah, so when she's going back through the events in her head, that's what she just applies to her. Yeah. That's the, the line she yeah. gives Rita. But it may not have actually happened under the house. Yeah. Or, I guess it was an accident, because the police said it was. So, the bro. <laughs> What's the next question? The next clue. Notice appearances of the red lampshade. I did not. I didn't pay attention to that. Yeah, if I had seen this before, I would have. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, pay particular attention in the beginning of the film. At least two clues are revealed before the credits. I don't. So the only two things that They're are dancing, yeah, swing dancing. So there's the um the old couple. Yes. Isn't that? <laughs> it's silhouette old couple. <laughs> yeah. And what the f- at the end they came running out of the box. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> yeah. So the old couple was dancing, and then I think one of the other couples was Adam and Camilla. Yeah. But. I don't know what clues those are. I don't know. Who the fuck are these? is this old couple that's terrorizing her? <laughs> well, in the it was her parents. Oh, the <gasps> you're right. Yeah. Oh shit. So maybe she's just dreaming that she has a good relationship with her parents. Maybe, or maybe she's experiencing guilt because she is going to kill herself. Hmm. Okay. What's the next question? Next clue. That's it. That was the ten clues? Yeah. Well, that didn't really fucking help much. Thanks, David. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> These guys like, let me give you ten clues. And they're just literally ten, uh, they're just ten ways to throw you off the scent. <laughs> ten vague sentences. <laughs> just ten ways to throw you off Notice the, the red lampshade. Thanks. Thanks, man. <laughs> Notice the many appearances of the red lampshade. Cool. Thanks for that. So what you're saying is I have to watch the movie again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like... Son of a bitch! Uh, yeah, I will pay three ninety nine to watch this movie again. <laughs> um, yeah. I want to say I really enjoyed the Cowboys performance. Um, just just so calm cool collected and it just was like i don't know it's just chilling I'm trying to remember the cow when he came over there and the the ranch light comes on and he just appears and he's just like he's just speaking super calm and he's like you know you're gonna say to the director yeah the producer you're gonna say she is the one now if you do good you're gonna see me one time now if you do bad you're gonna see me two times I remember. I remember. And then he's just like, all right, now. And then he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's like, yeah, that, that's a great, uh, obviously it worked. It was a very good. Um, kind of an intimidating figure. Yeah, very yeah. good intimidation scene. I thought that was really well done. And the actor did a really good job portraying the, the coldness of the cowboy. Mm-hmm. Did you notice the cowboy leaving the party? When Camilla was crying, or not, when uh, Camilla and them were announcing their engagement, you notice that cowboy leaving the... I didn't. Yeah, there was a cowboy leaving the the party. Like, Naomi Watts, like, looks yeah. over, it goes to her POV and looks over and he's, like, You're walking right. out of the house. Oh, my God. Yeah. See, I'm, see, I'm so convinced that that's... She's just putting clues together from all these events that she had with Camilla. Yeah, like she's she's just having a psych like a yeah psychological breakdown. Yeah, straight up. I think more and more that's just the truth of the situation. There's still some stuff that's like, I mean, you can, I mean, you could chalk that up to delusion. I mean, so I think we've got a a stranglehold on our interpretation. Yeah. Um. That scene where they're running her scene, like her uh, her practice scene. It was a weird moment where they like have self reflection 
or like any type of self-awareness in this movie when she's like oh it's such a corny scene yeah it's like you haven't been this self-aware the whole movie um yeah i don't know i was that was a little bit jarring that she was like this is kind of, this movie sucks and it's like yeah it's more intense than yeah I like the part when uh, the director gets in the car with Camilla and is like, this is how you need to do it. <laughs> While she's making eye contact with Diane. Yeah. And bitch, she's just like, yeah, you see it. You jealous? <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, that was hard. I didn't like that stuff. <laughs> I, yeah, I was like, I don't know that that's necessary. Um, hey, it's the it's the pervy director trope. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> you talking about when they were like they were doing her scene and he was like, you want let's do it real nice and close, like. Yeah, he like shows yeah, yeah, the actor. Yeah, yeah. He's like, here, here's how you got to do it, you know. And he's like, hey, oh, there's a lot of people here. Can we get them out of here? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that. Nah, and yeah, then yeah. so the set guy is like, all right, everybody, let's go. And she's like, hey, can uh, oh, can Diane like, stay? Yeah. And, and he's she, like, and then she cucks her. <laughs> Literally, yeah. yeah. That's why I was like, "What the fuck?" Bro? Makes her into a cut queen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, I love the. Um, I'm gonna assume the realness of the director being like, "Hey, Dan, tell Diane she can stay," when yeah. he couldn't just look at Diane and be like, "You can stay." Yeah. Like, no, I gotta go to him. Yeah. And he has to tell you. Yeah, like, you don't get to talk to the yeah. director. My AD. <laughs> yeah. My AD yeah. is the guy who does all that. Yeah. For me. I thought her audition was going to be for a Justin Theroux's movie. And I thought mm. that was going to be like, oh, okay, this is where it's all going to start leading into each other. And like her getting, like he's going to want her for the lead mm. and then she's going to get it. He's going to get in trouble with the mob and then it's going to spin out. And then you're going to find out that, that, you know, Rita's in like in with the mob too. And that's why she got the car crashed into her and why they stopped and like, and, and all this and that. It was like, I thought right the movie was going to open you, up. Right when you think you know where the movie's yeah, going. It's just completely just, just shits on you. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, I just want to note that one scene uh, where she does the reading with the old man, um, where she's auditioning. Hmm. Holy fuck, that was creepy. <laughs> Holy fuck, that was creepy. Yeah. Where he's like, yeah, just, we're gonna do this scene nice, up and close. And, like, the power of hindsight on our side, yeah, I mean, and just in general, it's so hard to watch that. Because mm. you just, like, we all now know that that was 1,000% real, and so... Yeah. <sighs> For twenty years ago, for that it's to be the in a movie. director trope, bro. Yeah, <laughs> and that's not even the pervy director. That's like the pervy established actor. Yeah, and like we need to do. And then there was other women in the room too, and they're just like, you know, oh, this is cool. Yeah, he does it's, this with everyone. It's not even that it's cool. It's just like, well, this is Hollywood. Yeah, and yeah, that just kind of made me depressed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> a positive note. Uh, this movie made really good pace. I feel like it really kind of breezed by for being how long it was. Yeah. There was... There were... Yeah. It was kind of like... A, honestly, what it felt like to me was as soon as they were getting into the scene, they just cut it. Yeah. Next scene. 
And then right as they're getting to the meat where you're like, maybe I'll learn something. Cut. <laughs> Next scene. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but the rapid amount of scenes did make it go by pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought the direction was really good. I don't want to say, well, it was really good. I do want to say that. It was really good. It was, you know, I feel like every actor knew exactly what their character needed to do in the, in the scene, mm. at least. I don't know. I was reading that none of them understood the movie or like anything <laughs> that was happening. Um, Naomi Watts apparently tried to get David Lynch to think that she understood the pilot and she didn't. Um, <laughs> but nevertheless, uh, I thought the direction was really good. I mean, it was very succinct and the editing was really good too. I think the editing was good. Um, the direction was weird to me because it really gave me like, maybe it was all in the cinematography, but I don't, I don't think it was. It really gave me like, uh, Hallmark movie vibes. <laughs> Or like, uh, like shitty soap opera vibes, where like it was like a lot of, like someone would say something and they'd just be like, "No," <laughs> and I'm like, "What? What?" But yeah. I, maybe it was because they were zoomed in on their face so hard, or I, yeah, I, I I think he was really just trying to pound home the like surrealism. Yeah, that movie. that yeah. Yeah. I guess, yeah, you're right, because it didn't do as much once we realized she was in, like, her manic episode. Yeah. You're you're probably right. That felt more grounded and, like... Yeah. She was actually just felt like a manic person in a calm world, whereas yeah. the other character felt like a calm person in a manic world, and that's... It, just, that was just weird. Actually, exactly what it felt like was that she was... She was in her delusion, making all this up, and it was her brain was taking time to process that's, good. that's literally like the exact amount of time that it took the like the scene that exemplified it for me was the um when she found all the money in the purse and she's like sitting there and she opens it up and she's like <laughs> and that's why i was like okay what are we doing? <laughs> like what and then she like pulls it out and she's like you know i was like this, this is so what are we doing? but I guess it kind of makes more sense if I think about it like that, where she's it, she's making it up as she goes. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Yeah, she's trying to think of. I don't even know. The next part to satisfy her delusion. Yeah. Whatever else she can stretch it. Yeah. As the most time that she can have with Rita. Without. Complicating things. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I said great cinematography. <laughs> yeah, a great cinematography. I thought it was like the nighttime shots were really well done. Mm -hmm. They were like really dynamic. And the lighting was super well done where you could have like layers of shadow even in the darkness. Mm -hmm. So that was really cool. Um, my next note is no high banda. <laughs> and, um, I also said the, the theater scene is like a fever dream. Like Whoa. I don't... And I was like, that was wild to me. And the fact that I like, they let the whole performance go is, yeah, was really wild. Why did they start crying? Well, I mean, they did realize something, you know, like apparently 
you know. And then when she fell unconscious, I was like, oh, so she didn't actually finish the full performance. Either that or she's just playing into the guy from earlier. It's like all of these songs are recorded. All of these songs are recorded. This is an illusion. Could be. And I just think it was... I don't know. I find I find it's very hard to find a metaphor for this because I just don't... I'm, I can't think like that. Yeah. Um, I find this movie kind of hard to track just all around. Yeah. Even once you have an idea of what you think is going on it's hard to track is this for movie for people who can pull a metaphor out of thin air with like oh yeah. well this represents this this and that and i'm just like okay <laughs> you got it brother yeah that's how you and feel david lynch is gonna look at you and go i like it <laughs> i like it right you, on. You, yeah i i think i can see that i enjoy it yeah um I said you can tell David Lynch is really deep into Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Like, he, one, really likes it, and then two, is, like, super... Acknowledges a lot of the bad shit. Yeah. Yeah. Super critical as well. Mm-hmm. Um, jacking off sobbing is fucking unhinged. Bro. Bro. I mean, yeah, she is unhinged. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. We've it, learned. That tracks. That so. was... And the way that they did it, where it was just like, oh, yeah, she's yeah, pan, like, she's pan, really pan. sobbing, and then it was just like, and she's masturbating, okay, and pan, she's pan. back to crying again, okay, all right, well, what are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was like, what is going on? Also, I like the distinction between Betty and Diane being the fucking meth mouth. Did you notice the teeth? Yeah. That was like the first thing I noticed when we were, I guess, back in reality. Yeah. And I'm like, so I mean, clearly she. And that's why I thought that the girl that was with the. The dead, yeah. Yeah, she had a fucking, she had a, uh, a, um, what is it called? Tourniquet? Yeah. No, not a tourniquet, but she had like a bruise, had a big ass bruise on her arm. Like a, looked like a hand and grabbed her really hard. Hmm. Sad stuff. Need to set up a break real quick, so I'm gonna do that. Um, we'll be right back. This will be I don't know probably five ten minutes when we come back from break. We only got a few more things gonna talk about. Last few thoughts, themes, and then we're gonna give the movie a rating and we're gonna put it on the list. All right, thanks. Stick around. Boop, 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 boop. Uh, last we picked up on, <laughs> we, were, we were talking about thoughts, uh, so we're just gonna finish, like, our last thoughts, I guess about the end of the movie or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll start. I have, uh, has the whole movie been a dreams and the delusions of a broken woman? And then I, the next one is, was it all real, but Diane was faking it? And then I have, are they just heroin dreams indicated by Diane's overdose discovery? It all three of those could be right. I feel you know like. how I feel. I, I like, I don't know. I mean, I, I have a more clear understanding of how I feel now. But when I was watching the movie, I mean, like, those are three thoughts that happen back to back to back is yeah. in the last 30 minutes. I wrote down everything connects. But, like, not really? Like, yeah. 
I don't... Yeah. I mean, like... It was two hours of one story and half an hour of breaking down that story. Yeah. If you don't like interpretive film, like, I could see how... If you're a person that really likes a movie that has a very clear construct and a very clear ending, or that, like, even if it's, you know, like an Ocean's Eleven where they tell you the movie and then you really find out what happened, like, even a movie like that, you can still be satisfied at the end because you mm-hmm. you know exactly what happened. They give you every single answer, and they give you so many payoffs for this whole movie that you've watched. This movie gives you zero payoff. Mm-hmm whatsoever and so i can understand how a lot of people would probably leave this movie thinking i hate that sucks yeah but there's also people that are like oh it's a good movie it's just kind of (laughs) confusing yeah yeah but i don't know i think i'm on the this is a good movie but it's kind of confusing side what about you i am on like on since now that we've talked it out i um may go back to watch it again I think that it was a good movie very confusing um, but like a lot of the artistic choices that I couldn't really wrap my head around I think I have like the what we talked about with the long dialogue and the weird cinematography I think I can get around I think I, now that I understand it so yeah I'd say it's good yeah my uh, my last note just says silencium. Yeah. That was kind that. of a weird way to end the movie, I think. Yeah. Well, you could interpret it as like eternal silence. I mean, yeah. Because they're both dead. Yeah. She's still in like the. Why the did black... they go back to the blue haired lady? Well, the black box could have just been like. I don't know. The blue box. Yeah, the blue box. I think I the know. blue box was like the secret to her story. It was holding everything together. Yeah. And I think it was drugs. That was her heroin box. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I was going to say, but I didn't want to say it. But, I mean, I don't know. I feel like that Yeah, that was be... a stash. I, yeah, I feel like we're... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I wanted to be like, maybe we're simplifying it as like, you know, drugs. But, I don't know. I don't I think like, the whole thing was drug-induced. Yeah. I feel like it's a mixture of drugs and, like, a poor mental health. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That being said, I really don't see this movie as, like, one of those that's, like... Yeah, I would not revere we this We need movie. mental health representation. Yeah. That's not <laughs> what this is. I would not revere this movie for its representation no. of mental health. No. Uh, Yeah. But that's it. I think that's it. For the, do you have any more thoughts? I don't. Okay. So that's it for thoughts. Um, we're going to jump into themes. I really only have eight. So um, I'll probably just blaze through them. Go for it. Um, yeah. Because any theme in this movie that gets expanded on any eventually gets crumbled by the conclusion of the movie. So... Finding a common theme is like I can find common theme common themes from the beginning of the movie or in the begin the end of the movie. Yeah, but, but like, not across. Yeah, I don't know. I think my overarching theme that kind of spans both is like the connection that Diane and Camilla have 
Yeah. Had. Yeah. Have. Yeah. But know. or you know the connection that Diane feels to Camilla. Right. I guess it was one-sided. Yeah. Kind of. I don't know. Yeah. That's really the only theme that I could. I can yeah. come to. That's a good one. I have companionship as salvation as one theme. Um, seems like they, in the very beginning of the movie, it seems like they both need each other. Mm-hmm. And it seems like at the end of the movie when you find that they're actually Diane and Camilla, like Diane needs Camilla as salvation and when she can't have that, she then turns to a very extreme, I well then now I can't have you, no one can. Right. Um, touching on what you kind of just said, sapphic relationships is like lesbian um relationships is kind of a, a big theme throughout the whole movie depending on not you know not even depending on what story just over the course of the whole movie yeah um, and honestly it kind of came out of nowhere yeah to, for, to me the it was like oh you know she's trying to help her and then literally just like one night like oh let's fucking make out and then fuck and i love you and i was like Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. What just happened? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and that can kind of play into our whole, this is, she just is willing this situation into existence because yeah. this is what she wants. Like she, all she wants is for Camilla to throw herself onto her. And the reality of the situation is her being like, we can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that leads right into this third one I have, Displacement. Everybody in this movie is displaced. Like they're not in the right spot mm-hmm. throughout the whole movie. Whether you're talking about you think they're Betty and Rita, or you think they're Diane and uh, Camilla, they're displaced no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, confusion also plays into that. Um, mania also plays into that, which is another one that I have. Mm-hmm. This one also plays into it. The uh, vulnerability of the meek. I feel like in the you know the beginning portion of the movie, it's Rita is the meek and they're the theme of the vulnerability of her right. not knowing who she is, not knowing where she comes from, but also like the vulnerability of Betty not knowing what she wants out of life, and then the vulnerability of you know Diane of being the like, young actress, just like the young actress of, and yeah. who gets taken advantage of by like a more senior actress. Right that is also in with the director, but they have a romantic, you know. So, preying on vulnerability is, like, is a big theme, too. I feel like. Absolutely. I have role of women written down. I don't know what I meant by that. (laughs) There's a lot of women roles. This movie passes the Bechdel test, so that's cool. Uh, The the test to see if this movie has uh, female, not female characters, characters who are women that... uh, are not set paces for men in the movie. So if a woman talks to another woman, talks about something other than a man, and they... There's another criteria that I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, it passes the... The two leading roles are women. Yeah, the two leading roles are women, and it's about their relationship. Not, it has nothing to do with men for a long time. So. Yeah. Breath of fresh Actually, air for this podcast. It's kind of about their relationship and how their relationship was ruined by a man exactly 
Rockman. Yep. <laughs> I agree with that. Um, so, yeah, I think super, uh, super big Bechtel test pass mm-hmm. for this one. Um, and that'll just lead me to my last theme, which is Quest for Discovery in both scenarios with Diane and with Rita and with even Betty. And yeah. Yeah. Rita so, trying to find who she is. Betty Diane trying, trying to, to find the truth. <laughs> yeah. And then Betty trying to find like uh, her place in yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. So, yeah. That's my, that's my themes. Any themes for me? Any more themes no, to add on to just that? just that connection one. I don't... Yeah. That, that seemed like the real big thing to me the whole time was, I guess, Diane's connection to the character that she made Camilla out to be. Right. Yeah. I can see that. It was probably the, the, the main leading connection of the yeah. whole movie. The main, main, main theme. So... You're not wrong about that. We're going to go over now to the list. It's the list. (laughs) It it won't hurt you, man. It's okay. I don't know. Um, Yeah. Alrighty. It's time to rate this movie. We're going to get the guest rating first. So, without further ado, why do you rate this movie? Now that we've talked about it, I think I feel better about it. I'm going to go for an 8. Gotcha. 8. So, I am feeling pretty good about this movie. Um, I think... I, I was at a 7. I had 7 on here when I started. And after I talked about it now i think seven and a half is where i'm at with it Hmm. i think that's fine i just think the there's just too much for me yeah that is left in the dark and i you know i'll probably get over it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and i'll be able to watch this movie again but for right now i think that's fine i think that's a good place for it uh it'll be fourth now uh making it well, it'll make it fourth on the list. Uh, only airplane is below it, which I expected. But um, yeah, that fourth is on the list. Kind of my uh, those are my favorite kind of movies. Yeah, where they kind of leave a lot unanswered, and you you try to piece to it all together. Yeah, and maybe you have to go back and watch it again, but you. Come to some semblance of understanding. If you can be excited about watching a movie twice, it's it's probably a good movie. Yeah. So, I think that's a good spot to leave it with with that. Um, yeah, if you didn't watch this movie, uh, go watch it. It's a very interesting movie, to say the least. Um, probably should have said it on the top. Yeah. Spoiler alert. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, make sure I, you watch for the red lamp. Shade yeah, yeah, definitely room. look up those ten secrets to figuring out this movie before you watch the movie. Uh, this is probably really late to say it, but you know, if 
you, if you didn't watch the movie beforehand, uh, yeah, definitely do that. <laughs> but um, we've been finding new films. Uh, we found Mulholland Drive, and next week I will be finding, uh, I think, La La Land. Uh, that might change, so this might get cut. But I think next week is La La Land. Uh, I think Spencer is going to be in the chair with me. Uh, yeah. I, Thanks for showing up. Thanks for watching. Thank you, Preston. Thank you for having me. Uh, next time we have you on, it'll be your pick. So Sounds good to me. That'll be fun, too. Alrighty. Signing off. Peace.